But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Get a free child's play, free your sticker stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! Is leave it time time? It's episode 50, 5 0. Uh, oh, is it? Is that? Is this an anniversary? It's an anniversary. It's 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 half a hundred. Then how come we couldn't care any less about this? I feel like we should have been excited about that. I didn't even know it was the big five zero. Yeah, yeah, no, it it is. I think you and I had talked about, and we definitely did not solicit questions or record a show last Wednesday night. No, definitely did nothing to to jinx that game for no, sure. Nothing to to cause basically the implosion of the Houston Astros season. Yeah, anybody who says otherwise is a is a damn liar. You're a liar, and you'll you'll have to answer. With, you'll be the one that will have to answer for that with fisticuffs. You better you better come ready. So yeah, don't you dare blame us for that. So was it was it it really was like a week ago that the Astros blew just blew that lead to the worst hitting team in the American League against the Royals. And things have been terrible ever since. Yeah, we've lost about 17 guys. Yep. We've had our fourth concussion. Mm-hmm. Our, our literal third, though, isn't it? Or second? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels like a lot of people have gone on the DL for concussions. Right. And then every pitcher that we had in our rotation... Gone. Besides our our one true ace, Mike Fires. That's right, our Lord and Savior, Mike Fires. Uh, I've the, been telling y'all he was due, and he's out there dealing, and everybody can come at me now. He said he had, before we get into like specifics. We I think the last time we did this, we didn't say a single solitary word about uh, our our good sponsors, Bravado Spice, who still haven't sent me my stuff. Yeah, I didn't give them the address yet. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that here right now. <laughs> yeah, Bravado Spice, they rule. They have all the spices and the sauces, and Pickles. they really are pretty good. They're great. And they are a sponsor, along with also Snake City. Yes. A, a very large contributor to our <laughs> show. They've, so uh, if you have any more questions about Snake City, don't hesitate to ask. They have Snake City has offered to give us some of their snakes. Uh, in an effort to relieve the community and the the playing subdivision, probably won't play. work. Probably won't work, but um, we're willing to help out any way we can with the uh, the thriving metropolis that is Snake City. You know, the I I don't know that you can possibly provide the context to that, but the longer it went on, the funnier it got. Oh, it's not over. I, <laughs> I update it every once in a while, dude. <laughs> oh man, it's so my funny. friend, uh, my, my buddy Gabe, who's a comedian here. Uh, texted me earlier, and he's a he's a musician as well. He's a drummer, and he said that he's totally naming a, his, one of his musical side projects Snake City. <laughs> and I was like, I endorse that fully, man. So uh, so yeah, I, I, there's no way I could provide any context. Just uh, if you need to know what Snake City is, just let me know, and I'll I'll provide you with the link. Yeah. And if you want to invest, do not hesitate to Venmo or PayPal me. It is a, it's a good investment. It's a good investment. You're buying low. To be honest, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Things took a turn there. Just, uh, yeah. We I, I, we can't get into Snake City too much. Just know that it's out there and it's a thing, and they do sponsor us. Yeah. So thank you, Snake City. We do not need any water moccasins, but we appreciate the offer. Thank you for supporting Luma Time Time. Yes. 
All right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we still have a uh, the the best team in, in baseball, we, which it, it feels like we completely collapsed. But, oh, nope, it's still a uh, double-digit lead in the division and a uh, the best team in Major League Baseball. So see, things wanna, aren't the worst. I want to talk about that. Why does it feel – because uh, as, as we come into and, – and I we're recording this as the Astros have uh, apparently a 6-1 lead. 7-1 lead. They just walked in with the bases loaded. Sweet 7-1 lead. I I don't want to talk about that too much just in case it backfires. Like it definitely did not last Wednesday. Um, yeah, it definitely didn't. Well, we didn't record a show, so it couldn't have backfired on us. But if it were to, that would be bad. It would have, it would have been very embarrassing for everybody involved. Um, Absolutely. Why does it feel like the sky is falling? Well, because it, it sort of is. Every pitcher that we have is dead and we started playing like the astros of dread uh-huh. so we got that same feeling like oh no they're back yeah no that's oh that's true but this is going to happen and we we have even convinced ourselves that we were ready for this and that it wasn't that big of a deal that this was going to happen and uh now they're back there tonight thus far reminding us that they can still uh get at it See, I'm never gonna be upset when the Astros lose a game against you, Darvish. Like that's never, that's never. I'm not gonna like it, but it's I'm ne- expecting to be no hit every single time. Yeah, he's just like when we beat him at Texas when uh, Correa hit that home run. Like I ran around the living room. Yeah, I might have disrobed. There's a chance. Yeah, like that was a moment where I was like, "Holy crap, we got to him!" Like I, he's he's a he's a fictional beast. Here's that here- cannot be slayed. To 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 that point because he got knocked around pretty good and and by you Darvish I mean if 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 uh, Charlie Morton had the start that that you Darvish had had against the Astros we'd be like ah you know it was a pretty good start so I mean he but but still the Astros touched up Darvish more than they really ever have before um, before his start on Monday night uh, because I put so much time and effort into the into the morning hot links post. Like I'd been reading in in the Dallas paper about how he had really done his homework. He was ready for the Astros. He said he came I, he came out and flat out said he's like they're a different team than I sort of expected them to be, which I thought was interesting. Um, well, I mean, what? But what does that mean? We are a different team. But I, you know, I don't. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Like, like there there are there are three legitimate bats in this lineup that have been added, and the way the lineup's constructed. I, I, we are a different team, so I don't like. I, I get what he's saying, but I don't know how he could expect otherwise. We're the same team that's capable of popping off with the youth, with with Correa, Tuve, Springer, etc. Bregman, one year older, and then you add three veteran bats. Like, what do you expect? I, I think Gur- Guriel as well. Maybe that's the sort of insular, like you. That's a pitcher just kind of – and I, I – like, Oh, shit, it worked. Like I don't – I just don't see like, yeah, we are – we're a completely different lineup. I don't – I don't even compare us to, to last year's team at all. No. Because we're not. No, totally different. Health-wise, well, not so much now. But but just the, the situation – and the situation that the Astros are in. Uh, and before I, I ask you about the DL, I, I, to, to the Darvish point, like he flat out said on Monday, he's like, I have a different game plan. I'm going to work things differently. Do you think the Astros were like, did, did they overthink, or, or was his stuff so good? Because he did pitch differently Monday night than he did whenever that was early May, uh, where the Astros kind of got to him a little bit. 
who is that one of those where you just tip your cap to Darvish or do you think like look the dude flat out said in the paper he was going to do things a little bit differently how do you not adjust to that I think it could be either or um I Darvish has nasty stuff he's capable of dominating any team in in, in the league at any time so I mean I believe him when he says that he's going to adjust but I I feel like he just it was a tip of the cap kind of thing he was just on and we weren't because we have a lineup that can get to anybody and some nights you're just on yeah as a pitcher and vice versa with the hitting so you can prepare all you want and i don't know maybe he just maybe called a shot on us i don't know where do you rank darvish in terms of we don't have to go all across major league baseball but in terms of like the best al pitchers where where do you put him uh, in terms of stuff, he's got a he's he's top three to five. I don't. Do you think? I mean, would you put him number one? I mean, I think Sales the best, don't you? Sales got to be the best. If Keuchel isn't Keuchel at his best is not in terms of stuff, but is pretty oh, unhittable overall package. Yeah, I'd put I'd put Sale Keuchel. I think Keuchel. I think if anybody sleeps on Keiko, then they weren't paying attention. Like if you looked at his surface number, if you just looked at his baseball reference page for 2016, you're like, oh well, that, you know, it was a fluke. Well, it's it's not because it's not he, at all. Yeah, he's been this pitcher more than he was the 2016 pitcher over the last two and a half years. Um, so so I'd put Keiko up there. I don't know that I I don't know that I'd put Keiko ahead of Sale. I would not put Keuchel ahead of Sale. I think Sale was Sale's a combination of stuff, and he's yeah. Sale's a clear cut number one. Darvish has some of the nastiest stuff. Ah, he's just an overall good pitcher. So I think I, I, I guess I just I don't know if it's name and it's the fact that he pitches for Texas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't know why because I respect him a lot. He's incredible. And we are teeing off on the Texas Rangers now. What's the it score? Is now, it is now 10 to 1. Sweet. Avoid that sweet, but advance on the aggregate score. That's, that's, that's Champions League baseball right there. Well, they just need to remind them who that we are. It's just our, the Texas fans are starting to pop off a little bit. Yeah. yeah and we just are. need to – you, you guys are just now 500. We're 22 games over. You need to – we just need to remind them – what the deal is right now and barring some crazy collapse the Astros will be seven and three against Texas and, this season right right and everybody else in the league too who thought oh no they're it's coming back to the mean no it's not yeah no I and I I tweeted about this we're still up I mean we're and we're like a few games better than the Dodgers in terms of best team in baseball with losing six out of eight yeah, I, like that's, I, I think it's still three and a half, three and a half games coming into today was three and a half games better than the the next best record in baseball. That's how incredible of a start that was, and that's what kind of cushion it gives you to be able to call Fisher up. I know you had to because of the concussion, and have Frankie Tuesday start. We're it it couldn't come at a better time with these people on the DL to have that kind of cushion. So let's talk let's talk conspiracy theory. Did the Astros okay. are the Astros gaming the ten day DL? Like, are they building in rest for for Keuchel and McCullers now to sort of help get them through what figures to be a a at least a, a decently long postseason? Or I, or do you think 
there, there was a legitimate issue that cropped up and they're like, screw that. You're going to sit for 10 days and we're going to ride out this 12 game lead and we'll just kind of see what happens. I, well, I think it's a, a slight combination of both. I think that these are actual issues in terms of discomfort and the neck bothering, but I don't know if they're necessarily DL issues with this new 10 day thing. I think it, and the, and, and with the division lead, and the record for or whatever you want to call it, I think it allows them to just be like, ah, let's just pull the trigger on it. I think they're they're getting cute with it, but I don't think it's fake issues. Because the net thing scares me a little bit with Keuchel. If we're being completely honest, I, I talked about this on Alan Michael's show. That it just it, nerves in the neck. I think Peyton Manning. I just get a little scared. I, that bothers me a little bit. Do you think it's is it? And you'd have I'm, I'm Unle- not- unless unless we're going conspiracy with it, and that's just the last thing. That's just what they threw on it. And Keuchel's chilling, and he's posted up. But I mean, like like McCullers wasn't even at the ballpark when they put him on the DL. Yeah, no, I think it's I, I think I think it's there was something there was something amiss when Keuchel was warming up, and then like ten minutes before, they're like, "Oh, hey, Diane Diaz is starting." You're like, "Wait, no, what? That's not." Well, they acted like he was sick. They initially reported like it was an illness. And, and, and then and then it came out later that his that it, his neck was bothering him every time he threw. See, and I was like, oh, okay. As an apologist, uh, but but who tries to be level headed about things? I I think that he I think he was sick and had a stomach bug because I've this this is not a I'm stupid uh, is what I'm saying. I'm stupid, but I think that what? he had the oh, he go, had, go on he, elaborate on this. He had the neck issue. <laughs> And, and well, it was a pinched nerve. Like, I mean, I, I've slept on my, I've slept wrong and had one and they're, they're absolute fucking death. Yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. But, but I think, I think he, he's dealing with the, he's kind of getting back from the pinched nerve issue the first time around. And then if he got a stomach bug, you're throwing up, you know, I don't know. I don't, we can talk about, would you rather, would you rather throw up or crap your brains out as far as stomach bugs go. We don't, we don't need to get into that. Okay. Uh, but if he's throwing up, like you can easily see how, how throwing, a, having a stomach, a prolonged stomach bug to where didn't Hinch say he lost like 10 pounds. Okay. So he was sick and then it, t- so maybe he just re-injured his neck throwing up. That's what I was thinking. Like, like if you're throwing up that hard to where you're losing 10 pounds, like that dude's a professional athlete. Like I lose 10 pounds and, like, well, you, then you might be able to tell, but but a, a, a dude yeah, like right. a dude like Keuchel throws throws up and and loses ten pounds. You're like, whoa! Give dude. me what he's having. Uh, give me a Keuchel, please. <laughs> Cough in my take... mouth, Keuchel, please. Um, Jesus, that was weird. Yeah, no. Um, let's move on from that. So no, no. I think I I think that it it could definitely be them getting cute with the little ten day thing, and there's no reason for them not to. I, fu- I support it fully, I, but with the whole fucking rotation being down I, now i'm like okay it's it's a little i mean they're not all hurt that, or, that, or or are they all hurt like well, at well, some point you you can't be cute anymore when all of your pitchers are dead that's what makes me think that that i don't know that they were you know you you might be able to try to get cute with keichel and you put him on the and t- McCullers as well with the they the, he's he's always been on a pitch count they've uh, they they are watching that arm with that curveball because they don't want Tommy John and you can tell it 
and and it just is what it is. Yeah, and so I think there's an element of protection, but I think like the first sign of trouble, they're going to nip that in the bud. But I but if they were just if they were just straight up like you're taking ten days off, they're not going to put Keuchel and McCullers on the DL at the same time. Like you don't you, but, put, you right put right yeah you then, you just wouldn't do that to your your club for yeah, any I mean, reason that's you, too much pressure to put on I I completely agree you wait five or six days and if you're again if you're trying to get cute with it and you're trying to game it because if there's a team that's gonna try to game the ten day DL it's gonna be the Astros well that's and that's the see that's the thing that makes me think that there's a little bit of that to it. But I mean, like when when Keiko did initially get that pinch nerve, they came out and said he's cool. He's gonna miss one start and he'll be back, and that was dead on. It wasn't one of those things that just like dragged on. Yeah, he, didn't he missed that one start yeah. and he was back, and and that's and that's exactly what they said he was gonna do. And they've said McCullers will be throwing this weekend and he'll be back. So I. I, I think you're with with this new rule. It, it's easy to pull the trigger. Oh, discomfort! Come on out. I think the Astros were a team that would do that anyway. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. We've talked about the word discomfort and how we don't like it at all. No, oh, no, because how, how it sometimes it's it's foreshadowing of something uh, a lot more ominous. Oh yeah, like you you leave for personal reasons, and then all of a sudden the personal reason is that your elbow is that your your arm has been removed. <laughs> you go on WebMD and and it's all over. Like you call it, just go into hospice or call a coroner or something. So it's, it's weird. So many times, that, how many times that's happened where it's just like, oh, this is nothing cool, and then all of a sudden it's like with Strasburg, it seemed to happen a bunch. Where yeah. it's like, ah, oh, he's out, he's missing a start, and then all of a sudden he's done for the year. Like, whoa, that took a terrible turn. Yeah, no, and with Valbuena, like know. they did the same, like, oh, he hurt his quad. And, you know, he's going to take some time off, and it'll be a 15-day DL, and, and we'll just let him heal up and rest. And then he never— And we never saw him again. And then he randomly popped up in an Angels uniform and, and got an RBI. And kills us for whatever reason. He's a pretty good—he's a pretty good hitter. So— uh, all right, so yeah, I think I think we sort of agree that a, a twelve game lead at the time, um, your one, your number one and number two guys, you, it's sort of like a. I was thinking about this today because I don't have a whole lot to do right now. Um, it's sort of like in the what was it the O four NLCS was it O four was it O five I can't remember but but it was the 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 Astros had a three two lead going into game six and they could throw Roger Clemens on short rest or they could let Pete Monroe start and you hope for the best and you hope that your offense can can squeak out a win and then you've got Clemens ready for game one of the yeah, World Series. yeah exactly it's, it's sort of like and- a all right well they don't they're, they're not a hundred percent. They have we have injury concerns dating back less than a year ago, so let's let's throw Pete Monroe a couple starts and let these guys heal totally up because after all it's June, and they're still at 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 best case scenario five months of baseball to be played. Yeah, and, and the way we've hit and the, as dangerous as our lineup is, I think that we have the ability to to gamble. Like uh, Derek Fisher just had an, another hit RBI single, so he has two RBIs and two hits in his major league debut. We put up eleven runs in it in one inning. We just another one of those Astro innings. Yeah. So I think you it affords us the ability to, to take risks on on younger pitchers and and take chances and and rest guys. Why not? 
See, it's weird. And to all me. it matters is the home stretch. It's all that matters. We we play all these games, but it only matters in October. It really does. But but it, it's interesting to me that because you talk about concussion, and I was I was sitting there thinking, and like McCann went on the seven day DL with a concussion. Now Reddick with this with the concussion. Marisnik had one too for running on the walls. So that's the third concussion. Third, yeah, third concussion. But but for the most part, and let's pray to God this isn't a jinx. But it's it's been a pitching. It's been a pitcher injury issue, and McHugh, McHugh's a weird. We talked about this back in one of our random like January shows. Like, it's hey, hold on, wait a second, hold on. Sorry to interrupt you, but he just they just hit Marisnik after we've scored seven runs in this inning, like intentionally. I don't know. He hit him in the back of the back of the thigh, but it's a little suspect. Well, it's it's Bannister. It's your boy Jeff Bannister showing out. It's not my boy. I want to talk about that too. I'm gonna to start. We didn't have. Sorry, much. no, no. Sorry, I'm just watching it. It's just yeah. That's a little suspect with two outs after putting a seven spot on him to hit Marisnik in the back of the thigh, and he homered at lasted bat as well. Ooh, big tough guys in the last game of the series before we play him again, like in August. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll that's, co- that's the 16th hit, by the way. Sweet. We'll come back to that. Okay, sorry. I, I, you probably don't even remember your thought. I just I got mad at that while I was watching it. No, I, I, if I remember my thought, it was. Uh, it's interesting that it's been. Oh, McHugh, in uh, in like our our random. I even forget about that guy. Our, our random winter episode. Uh, we had like four of them. Um, McHugh was healthy through his arbitration hearing, got himself three million dollars, and and then showed up to spring training with a dead arm. It, and I think we talked about this, and this again, we're talking like five months ago, four and a half months ago we talked about this, so who knows. But does a part of you think like McHugh knew in December he was in trouble but kept his mouth shut until he got paid in arbitration yes. and then was like, oh, hey, my arm doesn't work, so you're going to put me yeah, on the 60 Yeah, any smart player would do that. I would do it. I would do it. And also, uh, RBI double for Springer. That's nine runs in this inning. It's 13 to one. Fantastic. A nine run inning. I just, it's, it just makes me very happy. Yeah. I think, I think any of us would do that, especially with with the the way arbitration works. No, I do it. Um, And and maybe it wasn't as devious. Maybe he didn't know the severity of it. Cause I don't know. But does anybody know the severity of it? He's just kind of like hangs out in the dugout in his his like <laughs> Astros Under Armour shirt. Like that's he's, all he does. Like I see him all the time. I'm just like, what are you up to? He's wearing like a Brady Aiken jersey that he bought off of eBay. Like not even a jersey, like the the shirt that you buy in the team store, like the number one. He's he's wearing that. Yeah, shirt. he's uh, Yeah, he's just yelling at people from the dugout and hanging out. He's around. It's just like, Colin, what are you doing? Right. And and I understand there's not like a daily update because you don't need to give a daily. They've already said it's going to be after the All-Star game. But, okay, so so let me ask you this. We know that, because who knows when Charlie Morton's coming back, although it seems like maybe his little lat issue isn't as bad as it seems, uh, in that he's not going to be out. It seems like he's not going to be out till September, which is kind of what the three month diagnosis was, you know, when he first got hurt. But if you know, you're going to get McHugh and Morton back and you can maintain a, let's, let's say, you know, the Astros have a seven game lead in the last week of July. 
do you count on Morton and McHugh, or do you go ahead and pull the trigger on a major starting pitcher? Well, I think that you pull the trigger anyway, don't you? Don't you think that that's in the works? I think that's best case scenario. Are, 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 are you saying to push up the date, like to, to go for one now? Because I've seen a lot of people, and again, Alan brought this up on his show, was does that does it make it more of a pressing issue? And I honestly don't want to get gouged because people know we're desperate. I, I that's what sucks about having to, you know go after a pitcher earlier than than the deadline. But I think we're going after a starter no matter what. I think that, yeah, I think they're going to add a starter no matter what because <clears throat> I mean Musgrove is hit or miss. Fires, as we know, is a lights out pitcher and cannot be replaced. Um, and well, and Frankie Tuesday looks like he's, you know, there, something to be trifled with. There's something to be said for, and I, I, who was I talking? I think it, when I was on Alan's show last week, there's something to be said for giving the Astros haven't been in this situation before in that you're giving guys tryouts on the good side of a division race, like in the past, I've never seen it before on, on any team. Yeah, this well, is not a thing. You you let Marte start when you're when you're twenty games back and just see what he's got, you know, in August or September or whenever it is. Yeah, the literal youngest player in the American League, twenty one years old, it, making his debut with a twelve game lead against a division rival. So you, that's uh, that's unbelievable. Th- I mean, you know, worst. Let's say the Astros lose lose their next twelve games. If the Angels win eight of their games, the Astros still have a four game lead, or seven or three game lead, or whatever. Like it's still it's still three games is not. I, I, they're eleven games up now, and I'm like, oh crap! I don't know. It's what we led with, but. But there's something to be said for being in a position where if you see what you have to determine how aggressive you're going to be in a couple of weeks or in them. I mean, we're still five, six weeks away from the trade deadline. Right, right. Well, and it also, and it's also building depth too. So it's not, it's not only just seeing what you have, but you're. So now Frankie Tuesday has major league experience, and without jinxing this, it looks like is a win in his debut. Um. It's starting. Baby. You're just you're just stockpiling players. Derek Fisher isn't going to be up here long, but he comes in and contributes. So now he has major league at bats and he's ready to go. So when that expanded roster comes, we've got guys that can contribute up and down. It, it's really encouraging. I don't think it, I don't think Derek Fisher is there is is on is with the organization on September first. You do not. I do not. I think, you think it, so. You think he's so. You think we're showcasing right now? Well, I, I think they were trying to to just let him showcase at AAA, and until they could swing a deal. But the Reddick concussion. I mean, honestly, if if you don't you don't think he's our future left fielder? No. No, or, because so I. So you so you think you think that he's going to be he's going to be forced into a trade? Uh, now, okay. So if Derek Fisher is forced into a trade, then then I absolutely want somebody like a Garrett Cole who has signability who will be with this team for a few years. Well, I th- and, and, and not a rental. I think that I think that any any trade for someone of of Cole's caliber is going to is going to start with Fisher and Martes. And I think the yep. Astros are willing to send Fisher in order to keep Tucker. Yeah. 
Yeah, but see, when when Fisher comes up and does this after what he's been doing in AAA, it makes it a lot harder. It, it does, and it, I mean, it, it, but you know, you and you and I are are people that we are prospect hoarders, oh, and yeah. that guy's ours, and I he needs to come up, and nobody can be uh, parted with. So the I mean, Tucker's now in AA, which means uh, barring some sort of weird thing, you know, he's going to spend. What two year track? A year yeah, I mean, and a half. I mean, the way Bregman. I mean, they will. They promote guys. They don't hold anybody back in this organization, which I happen to love. No, I, I do too. Bregman's path to the bigs was incredibly fast. No, he was. I mean, he made his major league debut a, 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 about a year after he got drafted. That's incredible. And 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 as the day three of the draft is now concluded, we can talk about that here in a few minutes. But. You know the, the. I feel like the, the Astros. It, it, it's not the embarrassment of riches that Luno talked about when they just cut JD Martinez, who now is one of the best outfielders in baseball. But if if you had to choose Kyle Tucker, who's twenty, and Derek right. Fisher, who's twenty four, and you know you've got Springer for a couple of years, you know you've got Reddick for three and a half more years and and then there's Aoki I mean it's it's sort of a do it, let's say Tucker goes absolutely insane for the next six days do you leave him up and cut or DFA Aoki or do you just send him back to Fresno let him rake there and hope that he's hope that he's done enough to sh- to so that the other team doesn't want Fisher and Tucker Right, yeah, I think they want to keep Tucker off the radar. I mean, anybody's radar is not that they wouldn't know. But uh, I mean, Tucker. Tuck, I looked at this a, a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. That that what Tucker did at his age in the Carolina League is is sort of in. It's historical because it's, people don't hit in that league. Yeah, it's it's sort of like Mookie Betts, Jason Hayward you know, territory as far as your age 20 season doing, doing what he did. Well, if, if he's the plan, which he very well could be, then, then what you're saying rings true. And and honestly, we're fools to think that we're going to get a, a a top notch uh, rotation guy, one through three type guy without giving up absolute major league ready talent. And top prospects, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, you're not going to pull. It, it just the, isn't happening. So you, I, don't, I don't even know why we're. Well, let's fleece them. We're not fleecing anybody. They're going to get theirs too. Yeah, no, it's it's not a fantasy football or, I'll, or, or trade that you propose where I'll give you like. I'll a, trick you with the kid. This guy is a kicker. Two kickers for uh, <laughs> you know. eleven dudes for Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or something like that. I hate those trades so much. I I hate I hate fantasy sports. So, hey, watch your watch your damn mouth. I absolutely hate him. Me and my friend Jeff Bannister, we love him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that because you sort of defended Banny, old Banny Rooster, old hacksaw Jeff Bannister. Uh he's well. My my mom's from Lamarck, and uh, his dad was the baseball coach there, and and grew up with my with my aunt and uncle. So uh, they're good people. They get tickets every time the Rangers are in town. 
So he's a good dude. He's a good dude. So his whole shtick, like today when he's talking to the jackass from whatever, just jest, man, just jest. I don't think uh, it is. I love McC- it, Well, he's he's. I mean, he, he's kind of a red ass. He's competitive. He's allowed to say that. Is it playing to? Is it playing to the? Is it pandering? Yeah, it's a hundred percent pandering. Hundred percent. So you're so you're willing to to say that like Jeff Bannister is like the Houston baseball Andy Kaufman like he's doing it just to get it because he knows he kind of needs to like you know, I just th- I just think he knows the game and I think he's competitive too he knows what it means that's fun wouldn't you talk some shit wouldn't you be on your shit if you played for the Rangers and you were from Houston wouldn't you talk some shit a little bit I'd retire I would I'd retire before I played for the Rangers well, okay really they draft you and you're you're not gonna go play for the Rangers. I've actually wondered about that. Like, like fuck you, no, James. Fuck you. No, no. I want to. I'm legitimately interested in this. Like, I, I instantly put on the uniform. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll sign the contract. I don't care. This is for, and this is this goes for the Cowboys. This goes for the Mavericks, and I hate them all. I, I hope that their plane crashes like Marshall University. <laughs> yes, I went there. Because I was already on the wrong side of an argument, so I had to go so far to the other side that I wished a plane crash upon teams and people. So that's what happened. I, so no, I dislike all of their organizations, but if I'm playing and they're going to pay me millions of dollars, I'm like... Yeah, the millions of dollars helps. Where, where's Cole Hamill's apartment? Let me, let me move in next to that dickhead. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll work, let me go to Highland Park and pick me out a nice little estate, <laughs> but and I'll go eat at those cool little, cool little new fusion restaurants in Dallas, and wear boots with tight jeans, <laughs> pearl snap shirts. Yeah, I'll be so fucking cool. Grow a mustache, mustache only. Yeah, no, the, the, it being a player, it doesn't matter. You you rep for Milwaukee if they draft you. It just it. No, it, I don't. My my thing isn't like if so like if I grew up an Astros fan and like and I'm in a high school and I'm actually a decent athlete so we're suspending reality on a lot of levels here, but but I I grew up an Astros fan and like the Mets draft me like that's not going to bother me but but let's say you grow up a hardcore all right so it happened with uh, I can't remember what round it was because you know they all run together. But one of the Astros' top ten round picks out of Texas Tech, like Parker Mashinsky or something like that, like he grew up a straight up Rangers fan, and the Astros drafted him. Is there a part of you, even though you know you're about to make at a minimum, you're someone's just about to give you a hundred thousand dollars? Is there a part of you that are like, oh, really, like thirty possible teams, and there's a three point something percent chance? That I'm going to get no. To. Your oh. dream just came true. Your dream just came true. No, no. We got to get that dude on. We got to get that dude to be honest with us. Or I mean, it, now, now, I'm, now, I will admit that on MLB the show, if I get taken to the wrong team, I am very upset, <laughs> <laughs> and I am either vetoing or I am I'm playing so good. I'm trying to get off that team as fast as possible. I'm so, I got mad when I when I got traded to Cleveland when. The, when the Astros traded me, I was so pissed off. I'm like, this is a video game, and I'm 35 years old. No, no, I'm I'm with you. Like I, and I, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go win the fucking World Series. I got so mad that I I I beat the Astros in the ALCS, and I hit like seven home runs against them. <laughs> I was like, fuck you guys, what you get? This is what I had to punish my own team because I was so mad at them. My dad has a PS4, and I don't. 
And so whenever we go down to Houston... So your dad rules and you don't? Exactly. Cool. Uh, whenever we come to Houston, the uh, it's sort of a given that there's going to be one night that I stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning playing MLB The Show because I created Dickie Thon, um, a shortstop in the Astros system. I was hitting like like 5.30 or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And they tra- the Astros traded me to the Padres for Will Myers. And I I was just... I, I No, it was the same kind of deal. I mean, I was... I, I was- Breaking all sorts of records. At a fifty-three game hit streak when they when they traded me. Like they couldn't even let me like get the four more games to to break DiMaggio's and I know it was the- I had even been called up. There was an injury. I had I had even been called up and had about uh, a week in the big leagues with the Astros and I hit like thirteen home runs. And then they <laughs> sent me back down, then dealt me to Cleveland. <laughs> They Derek Fishered you is basically Oh, they Derek Fishered me. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. I was so mad. So yeah, but I think in real life your your dream is realized and you couldn't care less what team it is. Oh, unless, unless it's like the Diamondbacks and you're like fuck. <laughs> Part of like, me this is the, I got to wear these uniforms, these stupid ass. <laughs> you talk about Snake City. That's, that's the actual Snake City. Oh man. It's all circular. Like, that's the one team you're just like, fuck. Or, or like the Marlins. You're like, oh, my, really? Okay, so if, let's say you are a, a prime high school talent or you're a, the, a great college pitcher and you know you're going to get drafted. What is the one team? And, and personal preference aside, you know, obviously I, don't, I would not want to get drafted by the Rangers. But, but as far as like an overall baseball health perspective – What's the one team you just do not want to get drafted by? Well, see, it's tough because those like shitty teams I just mentioned, those are probably the teams that you sail up through in the organization and yep. you actually have a chance to thrive in. That's why it's a tough question. Um, like I feel like Milwaukee is baseball hell. Like just like there's no, there's just nothing about it's Chicago North. It's just yeah, it's just ugh. Arizona is is one of those for me. I just there's something about that team that still doesn't feel real. <laughs> like like they're they're like a competitive softball team that somehow snuck into the big leagues. <laughs> That's what their uniforms look like. The guys that do the home run derby on Root Sports after the games are over. <laughs> they have like the snake skin and they just they hit metal bats and softballs. Like they look like a competitive softball team. <laughs> and then so you're going Milwaukee? Like it's it's Arizona, it's Milwaukee, and it's probably the Marlins. Even though Miami kind of rules if you make it to actually make it to Miami. Yeah, I'm going to go Marlins. Marlins would be the Like that's just, that's actual baseball hell down there. But like that's a cool ass city. Milwaukee, you're just in Milwaukee. <laughs> like there's nothing good about it. Think about it. It's just shit up there. <laughs> You're going to piss off like three people that are from Milwaukee that listen to this. Oh, I love the city of Milwaukee. I've never been, it's so self. I can't, I can't it's speak a, it, to that. It's actually a very nice city. The people of Wisconsin are lovely, but they're not going to come on here and be like, Patrick, you are wrong. It is baseball heaven. No, it is not. <laughs> and we got screwed over in, in Milwaukee. We, we, and I will never forgive Bud Selig, baseball, or the city of Milwaukee for that matter. I blame Drayton for that. What transpired there? 
But I, I wrote, so maybe that's part of it. I wrote like thousands of words about that whole Hurricane Ike thing. So I blame, I'm still upset about it. I, but but it is actual baseball hell up there. There's nothing good. You don't hear about. I mean, the fucking Brewers. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, but they're they're doing. I mean, their GM was was Luno's assistant GM. So they're <laughs> extremely analytical. They're slide down that fucking stupid thing in the outfield. You dumbass <laughs> sausage races. Get out of here. <laughs> Lots of saturated fat in Wisconsin. So go go uh, go judge Stephen Avery wrong, you <laughs> idiots. The Manitowoc Brewers. <laughs> the fuck out of here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Miami because they treat they tr- the, as much as as much crap they, as they disrespect the game of baseball. They disrespect the game. They're, they're like they're genuinely bad people. That and and ESPN oh, was it ESPN? I think it was ESPN that that wrote a fairly sympathetic profile of uh, and did an in depth feature on Jeffrey Loria that tried to make him seem like a human after Jose Fernandez tragically died. And, and for a second, it got me, and I thought, no, screw that guy. He screwed over the city of Montreal. He's screwing over Miami. Like all that dude has, he, he runs a baseball team like an art gallery, which is his background. So. David Sampson, the I don't know what title he has. He's a terrible person. Like they they root they routinely screw over their fans, their players, whatever. They give Giancarlo Stanton, who's basically a rod. You know, he hits a ton of home runs. He's one of the best players in the game, but he's got nobody around him because they pay him thirty million dollars a year, and they're not willing to stretch payroll because they got to keep that bottom line right. Like screw the Marlins, I hate them. So no, I don't want to go to I don't want to go to Miami. Yeah, and they have those stupid like pandering uniforms. I love like, oh, uniforms. let's have fun Cuban colors. No, I love their uniforms. Oh no, it's it's Carnival. Like, come on, <laughs> that's the most pandering uniform I've ever seen in my life. I love the color scheme. I love it. No, it's like here, let's be a let's be a Scarface poster on a baseball uniform. <laughs> That's that's moderately true. The the city is yours. Like that's what it, it's it's a, a Scarface poster on a baseball uniform, and, and the colors. <laughs> look it up. No, it's what the fuck it is? It's like the it's a it's a cliche of Miami on a uniform, and they're a dumb fucking fish. That's it. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> I like it. So every other team, every other team, you can sort of look at and be like, all right, if I got drafted by the Reds. I was about to say Cincinnati's kind of up there too, but they have a cool ballpark. It's the oldest. It's the, I they mean, have cool uniforms. I, I kind of like the Reds uniforms. It's the oldest major league team in in baseball history. They, they, they were the first professional baseball team in eighteen. Cincinnati. It's a. It's. I, I've actually been to Cincinnati a few times, and it's. It's not. It's not the worst. It's. But it's, but it's not good. It's not. You're not going to like Wheeling, West Virginia. I mean, it's. It's. The Yan- I mean, the every other team. There's something you can the, even like the most jaded baseball fan could look at and be like, "All right, there's something here." Like the Mariners, you know. I mean, uh, well, no, see, that's fine. But see, I was thinking Oakland, but then it's like the A's have like I'd play in like all the history. The A's they have cool colors and like they're the A's and they're smart. But it's I mean, like you know even though it's Oakland, you're like, Ugh. well, Oakland, they've got the smart front office with no resources because their owners are terrible. And but that's not on them. So everyone that works for Oakland is actually trying to put out like a decent, a decent team more often than not. Like it's not like the Marlins that'll go for it once every twenty years, win the whole thing, and then sell everybody. 
Like Oakland's trying. Like I, I, I don't like them, but but I can respect the Billy Bean and and everybody that works there. I still respect the Marlins for just going out and buying it. I don't even care. <laughs> I mean, it's disrespectful to the game, but if my team did it, like I'm not going to be upset. I mean, we tried to do it in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, we tried to do it no, not it, it, not nearly as egregious as theirs was, but. I mean, we tried to buy a World Series. We tried to do it in 04. It just happened to... to it carried over. You know, we did. You're right, because that was when we added Beltron. 04 was Kent and Beltron. If yeah, but... Wa- the, yeah. If it wasn't for Andy Pettit's dumb but elbow... But the Pettit and the Clements thing, and it all just lined up, it just felt very... Very, very suspect. I don't care. I don't either. That's what I'm saying. Everybody else, I can sort of get on, like the I don't know the pirates. Well, no, but I mean, but they had like they had the Dontrell Willis's and the Josh Beckett. So I mean, they had the young players. Yeah, I they mean, just they just no fuck them. What am I talking about? <laughs> and also, why haven't we mentioned Tampa Bay? Because that's probably the worst place to go. <laughs> well, but but their front office is smart. Like they're gonna do if if you are if but you, you are a, play at Tropicana Field and uh, you have to. Yeah, that's true. But if you're a good minor leaguer in Tampa Bay or Oakland, and they can put you in a better position, they're either going to give you the best possible scenario at the majors, or they're going to trade you. Or you're going to get sent somewhere else. There's that scenario as well. Yeah, okay. So I'm just talking about how shitty the cities are. Well, Tampa's (laughs) a cool city, but the in terms of the baseball stadium, it's in St. Pete. Now Tampa's cool. All right, so let's say you are. Do you pay attention since we've been talking about getting drafted and whatnot? Do you did you pay attention to the draft? Yeah, I couldn't pronounce any of their names. <laughs> There's a lot. They're all Pol- They're all Polish. How are they all Polish? <laughs> they're all Polish. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, it obviously tapered off as the picks kept rolling in. But uh, yeah, I can't say any of their names. So there's that. <laughs> Do so. I mean, obviously, the biggest difference between like the NBA draft and the NFL draft is is the time frame. That there's just a and, and it's sort of built into the sports themselves. There's a patience that that you have to have in order to appreciate it. Like, I mean, Correa, you know, was drafted in 2012 and came up in 2015. So that that was three years. Um, McCullough is sort of the same thing. Like, there, do you? Is there any projection, or is it sort of is the draft kind of like a twelve hundred and fifty-one player playoff? It's like, like you getting into one of those cash machines at a carnival and just grabbing as much money as you can, <laughs> and hopefully you get a fifty in there. Oh, that's true. That's good. Um, I I really love the signability aspect of it. I think that's a really cool thing where it's like guys can be like, nah, I'm going to school. Like, fuck off. Yeah. You drafted me in the eighth fuck round? Fuck off, Milwaukee. I'm going to, I'm going to the University of Pantucket or whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> Got a full ride. I'm getting my education for Milwaukee. Years. I'm not going to slide down that slide. <laughs> no, so, I mean. But I think that's a cool, like, just in terms of the strategy of it, it's like, can we sign this guy? If we take him here, are there eight, like, if they're a top-notch player and they slip, like, are they going to just wait and come back next year? Or can we sign them? There's just like, there's just a cool element to the MLB draft. But it's a complete crapshoot from top to bottom. Like, more so than any other sport. 
So how do you feel about, and, and I'm, not, I'm not, I think I've said this before in the last, like, I've said this recently, I'm not trying to, to subtweet anybody or throw anybody under the bus, but like, how do you feel about, about, about prospect evaluators? Like that, that, that's not, that's not what they, I mean, Keith Law, I'll pay way more attention to what Keith Law says over, you know, somebody from like a, a pirate's, you know, blog. But is is there any sort of? I mean, how much can you actually project? How much can I mean? You can't. All you can look at is what they're doing. Numbers are fact. So all you can do is look at what they're doing. And from at the draft, you can't project shit. And if you say you can, before they've done anything in professional baseball, then you're just. I, I don't know, man. Maybe with pitchers, in terms of stuff, you can compare to. Uh, you can't. I, I don't know. See, uh, you can't. I, I, you can't project what a player is going to do, or how a guy is going to develop through baseball, or if he's just going to hit his peak and fall off. Uh, you can't. You can only hope. See that I, I agree, and and having. The, I mean, as far as Astros County goes, like I started it in 2008 and the draft was kind of a big deal for me because I don't know, I sort of felt like, you know, if, if you wrote a post about some like 25th round, you know, prospect draftee, then maybe someone who knows him would start reading the blog and whatnot. But, but, and so I paid way more attention to, especially during like the super lean years when like the draft was like Christmas day, like, okay, we lost 106 games last year. This is the payoff. Who did they get? But it, but it was the payoff. Sort of because two of look at the, our team now, but okay. They're all our draft picks. Mm, disagree. was sort of, sort of because Keichel was eighth round. Okay. Seven, did we draft him? Seven, yeah. Okay. Did Ed Wade draft Keuchel, or did L- Ed Wade drafted Keuchel? It'd be right on the cusp. It'd be right, it'd be right there. I'm yeah. not sure. It was Ed Wade. Ed Wade drafted Keuchel. Ah, uh, fine. Uh, Ed Wade, good man. So cool. He also <laughs> signed. He Ed Wade also signed Jose Altuve, and and but I I started thinking like okay I and. I've written enough like, okay, the Astros drafted this guy and here are his stats to where I think like, all right, this dude's Roy Oswalt. This dude is, I don't even, I don't even know. But, but where everything kind of fell apart where I was like, okay, we don't know anything. And it's, it's all, it's all a crapshoot is with Mark Appel because there was, I mean, he was a top 10, the, the Pirates drafted him what, seventh in 2013, and the Astros. Yeah, he was back to back number one overall prospects at at Stanford. He, and and any like Harold Reynolds said when the Astros drafted him, he will be in Houston by August, like two like six weeks later. And everyone yeah. knows Harold Reynolds is a dumbass. But well, yeah, he is a dumbass. But but, but no, I, I agree. No, you don't know. John Singleton was a fucking hero. He was a savior. Yeah, he was the future. There's no AJ Reed, the future. I think that the staff that you put in place at every stop in the minors might be more important to to the franchise than the actual player themselves. I think that's I think that's fair to say. Because I think that's very fair to say. 
you, you know how be, easily you could derail like future talent yeah just you, by being discouraged or not playing them right or not doing something or they tell you to develop your slider and you forget how to throw your fastball or they tell you to go out and you you only throw curveballs on two strike counts so you can figure out how to locate it or or something For like sure. that they, there's something something I, I i guarantee you Something as minor as that, little adjustments, or hey, we're going to try you over here in right field. Just little things that seem like nothing to a ball player coming up as a you know a young twenty year old or something derailed careers. Yeah, because you got, I mean, you, and and I guarantee, like every single, every dude that that like like the the NFL dude, and the, it's two totally different animals. But the I can't remember who it was, but some NFL guy that that like took an Uber from freaking Mississippi to Florida to get to training camp. Like, like you're, you are, you are willing to do whatever it takes to get to the next level so that you can get to the next level so that you can get to the next level that like you're not, if you're a, if you're a ninth round pick knowing that you're in the, what's that? 0.08% or whatever the shit that's the, again, that's the, uh, the blood alcohol level, but the, they're like, like, Teams have had a chance to pick you 300 times and, and didn't before they finally did. You know, that you're willing to do – all right, so you, you want your – the manager gives a I, – I think I know that the manager gives a report, sends in a report every after every game is like, hey, here's what happened. That if, if, um, if, if you're a pitcher and you get told – you know your curveball is, is subpar, but you get told you only throw curveballs. And you're like, screw you, dude. I'd rather have a one point something ERA with a hundred strikeouts in seventy innings or whatever. But that's going to find its way into the scouting. You're like, this he won't. He is not coachable. And so you put yourself in a situation where you are having to get so far out of your comfort zone that you're willing to get shelled every time out until you figure something out. And by the time you figure it out, it might be too late that you get cut. When you know that your first two or three pitches could have been the best ones you had, that could have gotten you to the next level. Like it's it's such a weird, I, I don't know. It's such a weird thing to to think that, and I think we've talked about this before. Like how many things have to break perfectly right for anybody to make it to the major leagues? Yeah, I don't care how much talent you have. Things do have to break in the right the right way for sure. Because it's you're... yeah, there's just too, there's just too many factors. I mean, if you get a you get one coach telling you to do the wrong thing, and then like you said, if if you're if you're one of these cocky players and you're like, I'm gonna do me, it's what got me here. That can get you sent packing just as fast, yep. even if that's the actual right path. Yeah, you just have, keep doing you. You have questionable makeup, which works in other sports. Yep, but baseball's different. Baseball's different. I think if I think for pitchers, it's it's more difficult because of all those little little things. Uh, if you can hit, you're gonna hit. Like I, I feel like you can't you can't be stopped if you can rake. You're gonna get a shot somewhere, and that's, that's also to be said for any kind of lefty with any semblance of talent at all. <laughs> if you have a, a modicum, if you can, if you can, if get you throw 81 out. miles an hour and you are left-handed and you have a curveball, just a curveball, you're going to get looked at. Yeah. No, that's true. No, but yeah, I, I think that even to get a shot in the big leagues, the 
is the numbers are so crazy in terms of the percentages of people that get there that I don't even know how some of these people handle the moment. No, yeah, no. No, I, I had a panic attack. I'd be fucking throwing up. Yeah. And they might be too. And I guess adrenaline takes over and whatnot, but like suddenly you're you're not in freaking Corpus Christi or Fresno, California. <laughs> yeah. You're in front of 31,000 people in a giant city against the rival team. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just got real very quickly. I wonder if that's – this is where we need to have like an actual player on to talk about this. But I wonder if there's a point where like you've you've made it – I feel like if you make it to double A, you've got a little bit better of a shot. But I mean imagine being like a second baseman in the Astro system or a shortstop or a third baseman. You're just playing to get – take. To, you're playing. You're you're showcasing your talent. Is all you're doing. Yeah, you're hoping. And, and I, but I think that happens in every organization, and you know it. So I mean, you're not gonna. You're not playing second base for the Houston Astros, barring a tragic. I'm not even gonna say it. What? <laughs> no, I understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, at some point, yeah, that's where loyalty kind of goes. Like if, well, I mean, we saw how long it took Derek Fisher to get called up. Like that, he's had a. a an, an OPS over 1,000 for the entire season. And oh, there's no, there's no space. There's no. This roster has no room. Which, which sort of for a goes, guy like that, and that's why, and that's why he's up is because Reddick went down. The only reason. Well, and that's the same thing with like Musgrove. I don't think if there hadn't been so many injuries and sort of the way that things, uh, you could look at Musgrove. You could look at. Uh, Paulino. You could look at Michael Feliz. Like, and I don't. What I don't understand about. Paulino and Feliz is that they're such they're such big dudes that have such overpowering stuff, but it hasn't translated. Like when Paulino, like at this point, I don't I don't know that they have another option. But but Paulino would not be starting. He'd be he'd still be in Fresno if if things had broken or if, if injuries had not sort of forced the Astros' hand. For sure, for sure. But they have the kind of stuff that you have to kind of see through that trial and tribulation period. I mean, you're not going to – not everybody just comes up and dominates. So how much Brent, how much sleep is Brent Strom getting a night right now? None. I'm, None. I'm, up all night. I'm thinking he's, he's getting like three or four hours, but he sees, he sees pitches in his head. Oh, for sure. It's restless. 100%. I, it's just a, I mean, it's one of those like, thank God the Astros have the lead that they do, that they can sort of afford to do something like this. But well, and the, but and these guys, but like you said, the, the guys, they do have overpowering stuff. Um, you see, I I've watched the GIF of that peacock slider like a thousand times. Yeah, these guys have some nasty stuff, and they have the ability to come in and win a game and overpower a team, whether they're wild. Or they're a little susceptible to getting hit around a little bit because they haven't put together their you know pitch combinations, or they're not on the same page with the catcher. What, whatever it may be. Yeah, their stuff plays. They well can in still Fresno come in and dominate. It, it, uh, Feliz and Paulino could still dominate a game because they have the stuff to. It's it's just they have to put it together. So the fact that they're getting chances is is pretty cool. All right. So where do we go? Where do we go from here? Like, what's 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 the what is what we know what the long term goal is, but what's the short term goal for the Astros right now? They just they just need to 
grind out some games, just keep winning games, and prove to themselves that they can. I don't think they need to be proven to, but just just win, keep winning some games, play a couple games over five hundred. Just don't don't collapse, and uh, keep it together. I mean, it's they have to utterly just collapse for this to go bad. Okay, this I'll, is a good baseball team. It's when, a good no matter who's team. pitching. This lineup is un, I mean, it's it's the best lineup in in the American League for sure. It probably, is probably baseball. Yeah, and that's not being a biased Astro fan. That's just no top to bottom. There. It's it is legit the best lineup in baseball, and they can move them around. So keep just keep doing you would be my my best uh, advice, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Don't go to Snake City. Don't go to that. <laughs> Don't go to Snake City. That is one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, free your sticker stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole. That is one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, free your sticker stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole. Hey!